premillennial, pre-tribulational, dispensational, independent, and standing on the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible as our final authority, this is the Sword of the Spirit Podcast with your host and Bible teacher, Joseph Rusiello. Take your Bible, sit back, and join us as we open and study the Word of God. And now, here's your host. Well, hey folks, this is Joe Ruciello, and it is great to be with you once again as we open up and study the precious Word of God, your King James Bible. And as always, wherever you are, whenever you are, and on whatever platform it is you find yourself listening to us on, it's always my prayer that you also find yourself in the grace and in the mercy of our Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to the Sword of the Spirit podcast for our Thursday night Bible study. Boy, can you believe that a whole week has gone by already? It feels like yesterday that we got, we got together for our Sunday afternoon service, and um, here we are Thursday night already. Wow, did it go by fast. And there was a lot of stuff going on this week, a lot of good things, a lot of bad things. Uh, more bad than good, unfortunately, but uh, as we get into the message and the study for tonight, you'll understand, uh, you know, we just have to trust in the grace of the Lord to, to kind of lift all of us up through whatever circumstances it is that we're dealing with. So uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into the study tonight, and we're going to be getting into um, uh, 2 Timothy and chapter number 2, which is, I'm really excited to do it. It's going to be a good study tonight, and I trust that you'll get a real blessing from it. Hopefully as much of a blessing as I got as I was going through the study and preparing for it. So again, Thursday night Bible study, what have we been doing? Well, for the past uh, several Thursday evenings, we've been getting together around the Word of God, and we've been studying the five T's. So those of you who are new to us, what are the five T's? Well, it's First and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, and Titus. So we've already gone through First and Second Thessalonians and First Timothy. We're working in Second uh, Timothy right now, and um, it's really been a, gr- a great study. I, I really have learned so much of my on my own in just the preparation for it. It's just been a a real blessing, and particularly this message today. I think. Uh, I know I've said it already, but I think we're going to get all we're all going to get a good blessing out of this one. Uh, so why do we study these particular books? Well, they're important. We should study first of all every book of the Bible. Every book of the Bible is important to us for our everyday life. But these particular books, First uh, and Second Thessalonians, were written to new baby Christians. So uh, it's a lot of really helpful, practical doctrine and practical applications for everyday life and for grounding a new believer in their newfound faith. Uh, First and Second Timothy and Titus are all what they call pastoral epistles. Uh, They were written to uh, young ministerial protégés, Timothy in the case that we're studying right now. But they also offer some really practical advice for your everyday life and walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So they're important to study, very important to study, and we've been getting through these. We're, believe it or not, almost done. And uh, this is this will be lesson number twenty, if I'm not mistaken, uh, as we're as we're going through uh, these five T's. 
But uh, we have a lot of ground to cover tonight. Uh, it's going to be a really detailed study, so I hope you're ready for it. But, uh, of course, before we do that, we do have a couple of things that we need to go over first. First of all, would you head over to our website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, swordofthespiritpodcast.com. And when you get over there, head over to our contact section and fill out that web form and send us off a message. Let us know whatever you're thinking about, whatever's on your hearts, whatever's on your mind, any questions, comments, concerns, prayer requests, especially, especially the prayer requests. We look forward to getting those because it's a privilege for us to include them on our prayer list and have the opportunity to pray for you and for whatever it is that you're seeking prayer for. And it's a tremendous blessing, and it's, a, it's actually, in a lot of ways, it's uh, what we're called to do, to pray for one another. Always pray. All right? Uh, but if you don't like to use the web forms, that's okay. I don't like really using web forms either, but... Um, to help remedy that, we've set up info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com, so you can email me directly at that address. And also, while you're on the website, uh, would you please look for the Support This Podcast button? And when you found it, would you please consider supporting us with a small monthly contribution? Now, I know that the holidays are coming. They're right around the corner. Believe it or not, uh, just... 24 days away is Christmas. So uh, there's a you know lot of high-cost things going on around us. Inflation is up like 480-something percent. Uh, so everything is costing more. So it might be a little hard to do this. But you can set up a small monthly recurring contribution for $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month. Uh, again, Holidays are coming, things are tight, so if you can't do a recurring monthly contribution, would you consider uh, doing a one-time contribution, and you can do that by clicking on the Waygiver button on our website as well. So pray about it, and if the Lord leads you to do it, and you know if these podcasts and broadcasts have been a blessing to you in any way, and if you'd like to become an active part of this ministry, your contribution will go a very, very long way, and I would be very, very thankful for it. Now, of course, as always, I'd like to say thank you. Uh, and first and foremost, we want to say thank you to the Lord Jesus Christ, first of all, for the gift of salvation. Uh, most important decision you can make is where you're going to spend eternity. Now, you can do absolutely nothing and spend an eternity in hell, or you could ask the Lord to save you, and you would spend an eternity in glory with the Lord. So it's up to you, entirely up to you, how you, how you decide you want to spend eternity. I hope, I pray that you choose to give yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's far, far better, far, far better option. Trust me. Uh, of course, uh, we also want to say thank you to all of our current supporters, those of you who support us prayerfully. Your prayers mean more to me than you can possibly imagine. I covet your prayers. Um, if it wasn't for the prayers that, uh, that you guys send me and I, I get the opportunity to read, um, who knows where this podcast would be. Uh, right now, because of your prayers and because of your listenership, we have, uh, we're, we're the number one podcast on four charts on one of our, our uh, podcasting platforms, Good Pods. So that's a tremendous, tremendous blessing for me. Because what, what does that mean? That basically means that 
uh, when folks go on to those uh, goes, go on to Good Pods and they're looking for a Bible study that they want to listen in on, well, we're right there at the top of the list. And chances are they'll click on this and then they'll hear some good, solid, practical, doctrinal teachings from the inspired, preserved Word of God, the King James Bible. So thank you for your prayers, and thank you for listening in as, as frequently as you do. It's a, it's, a, it's a real blessing. And I'd also like to say thank you, of course, to all of you who already support us financially. Uh, your financial contributions have really helped us to expand our reach, to, uh, uh, to, to get materials that we can send out. We're very, very close to meeting our goal for, uh, to purchase a couple of cases of Bibles that we can give away. So... Uh, thank you so much for your financial contributions. Thank you for your prayers. And of course, thank you for listening in every single week. It really is tremendous to me that you guys do this, and I'm really thankful for it. Uh, before I forget, if you are listening on the Spreaker app on your phone or if you're listening on the Spreaker web platform and you have a Spreaker account, you could uh, jump on in onto our, jump on into our chat room and uh, we can have some interactions during the course of the broadcast, and that's always a blessing. There's usually a good core group of guys in there, and uh, they're a good bunch, and they're looking forward to meeting some new faces or, or reading some new messages. So uh, a little tongue-tied here today. Sorry, folks. Uh, so again, uh, on the Spreaker app, if you don't have a Spreaker account, it's very easy to get. Just uh, create one. It's free, and uh, you can join in the chat group. All right, folks, if you're in the Eagle Pass area and you're looking for a good King James Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church, would you please consider visiting us at First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass? We meet at 664 North Monroe. Our Sunday school hour starts at 10 a.m. Our worship service begins at 11 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is at 6 p.m. And our Wednesday night Bible study meets at 7 p.m. For more information, visit our church's Facebook page, just... Log into Facebook, search for First Baptist Church of Eagle Pass, and once you're there, you'll find lots of helpful information. And also, uh, First Baptist Church allows us to uh, upload episodes of this podcast to the church's Facebook page, and we are very, very thankful for that. But folks, wherever you're listening, wherever it is you're listening, whatever platform you're on, be sure to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers, and help us to spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it's extremely important today to get the gospel out. It's extremely important. As we look at the world events, as we look at things that are in motion around us, we are fast approaching that one world government. We are fast approaching that one world religion, that one world currency, if, you, if you're reading anything about these uh, digital currencies that a lot of the governments around the world are trying to implement, including the United States, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about. If you look at all the uh, power and authority that's being invested in that little organization that's based out of New York City called the United Nations, uh, you'll understand what I'm talking about when I talk about a one-world government. And if you're paying any attention to the world of uh, religious news, you look at what's going on over in the Middle East right now with the, uh, the Abraham Accords, uh, the coming together of the three major world religions uh, at the uh, Abrahamic Covenant House in, uh, I think it's in Abu Dhabi, if I'm not mistaken. I might be wrong about that, but we'll uh, correct that later on when I find out for sure. Um, 
you'll understand exactly what I mean when it comes, when we're talking about the coming one world religion. All of that is outlined in the scripture. So it's all coming, folks. So it's very important now, now, today, to get the gospel out to your family, to your friends, your coworkers. Every person you see walking down the street is a soul that's either going to end up in hell or end up in glory with the Lord. And in a lot of ways, you have something to do with that. You have a very particular and specific mission field that you operate in. You can reach people that nobody else can. So I would encourage you, get some gospel tracts. You can go to Fellowship Tract League, and you can get a bunch of them for free. They're good materials. I use them myself. Give out a gospel tract. Talk to your family. Talk to your coworkers, your friends. Let them know about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now is the day of salvation. It's very, very important, folks, to get the gospel out, especially today. All right, folks, don't forget, Sunday afternoon, uh, we have our 3 p.m. Bible study, our Sunday afternoon service, if you like. Uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to be probably getting into a word study, it's, as it looks like it's developing. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting together again and having more fellowship around the Word of God. Uh, folks, if you're interested in prepping, uh, I would like to recommend the Contra Radio Network, or CRN. You can find them at www.crn.best. Uh, you do have to put the www, because if you don't, you're going to get a 404. So uh, you have to put that in, www.crn.best. Well, what is that? Well, it's a podcast and a vidcast for uh, the listeners and subscribers of the Contra Radio Network. And they focus on uh, all the major issues uh, and all the concerns for folks that are interested in preppers, that are preppers, that are interested in prepping, and, uh, and patriots. Uh, you can find them on uh, all of your major podcasting platforms. Uh, and when you get over there, you know what? It's a really good platform. I've, I've listened to a number of the programs that are on there. And uh, the guys who run the place do a great job with it. They're constantly uploading new information, new episodes of, of the various shows. And we are privileged to be a part of that. So you'll also find replays of this show on that channel as well. So check them out, www.crn.best, or on any of your major podcasting platforms. All right, folks, if you go down onto our uh, website, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, don't forget to sign up for the programming announcements, and you'll find that in the subscription box on our website. So what are the programming announcements? Uh, basically, uh, if we have any change in our schedule, if we have any guests coming up, uh, if we have... Um, any uh, updates that you need to know about regarding the programs, regarding the shows, we're going to send out an email to you guys every week uh, regarding that or whenever it's necessary to. So uh, it doesn't cost you anything. We're not going to sell any of your information. Uh, basically, it's all going to stay here with me. And once we, uh, once we get that list all set up, you'll get that email. You'll be able to be in the know. So it's very, very important, folks, if you want to stay in the know, get onto our subscription list for our programming announcements. Really messed that one up. <laughs> My glasses. All right. Um, we've been talking about this for a while. Okay. Uh, starting in January, what I'd like to do, and I've asked you guys to pray about this, starting in January, we're going to be looking to establish 
uh, a missionary of the month. So basically what that is, is that we will uh, highlight a particular missionary that's serving in a foreign field or locally or within the United States. Um, and we're going to highlight the ministry that they're involved with, the work that they're doing. And if we have any updates that we could share, we'll share those updates. And then uh, we're also praying that we uh, are able to increase our monthly support so we can divert a portion of that monthly support to those missionaries to help them in the work that they're doing. Uh, there are several missionaries that I know that are doing fantastic work overseas. There's a family in uh, Chile that's doing a great work over there. I want to highlight them. Uh, especially, I just received a, a missionary letter from them over the weekend. So I'm really very in interested in getting them on that list and seeing if we can help them in any way and take part in the work that they're doing. Just think. Just think how it would be if when you get to heaven and while you're up there just enjoying the immense majesty of, of, of heaven, hanging out by the front door of the mansion that the Lord Jesus Christ promised you, looking out over your acres and acres of beautiful ranch land, and uh, some, some little child comes up to you and tugs you on the back of your robe and says to you, thank you. Yeah, thank you for what? Well, you gave money to that missionary. That missionary came to my village or my town and set up a church. And because of that, I got saved. And now I'm here in heaven. Just think how amazing that would be. That's why we want to get involved in missions. That's why we want to have a missionary of the month. That's why we want to divert some funds over to our missionary of the month. So there's something that we do need to pray about. So I'm going to ask you to join with me in prayer as we, uh, as we contemplate starting up this Missionary of the Month coming up in January. The reason why I'm waiting a little bit to do it is because there are some missionaries that I know personally that are serving abroad, that are serving in countries that are not um, friendly to, uh, to uh, Christianity and uh, would not really appreciate having missionaries doing any kind of work in their country. So we need to be very careful of, of who we mention and, and for support. We could probably mention them in some general way without giving any specific names or information, and we're doing that to protect the missionary, their families, and also the, the folks that they're ministering to. Uh, you know, you think about in a country like China where the majority of the uh, uh, Bible-believing churches are hidden churches, they're underground churches, um, because of the crackdown the government puts down on them. So we need to protect them as much as we possibly can, but at the same time, we want to support them. So uh, we'll be praying about that, and I'm going to ask you to do that with me, and then come January some point, we'll announce who our January Missionary of the Month is, and we'll get them off some support. Also, folks, don't forget, when you're on the website, uh, swordofthespiritpodcast.com, uh, visit our sword swag section of the uh of the website, and there you will find our Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, and you'll also find some really neat Sword of the Spirit podcast t-shirts, of which I am wearing one right now. So uh, you can get those for contributions. They're donations to receive those, uh, those gifts. Uh, the coffee mug will cost you a $25 contribution. The t-shirts will cost you a $35 contribution. Just click the email link in there. Let me know what you're interested in. I'll tell you how to send over that donation. 
and uh, I'll get your uh, mailing address, and we will get those things sent out to you as quickly as possible. All right, so uh, we've gotten through our announcements. Uh, we're going to, I think we can do our prayer requests. You know what? Actually, let's take a break here. We'll come back from this break, get into our prayer requests, and uh, we'll go on from there. All right, so stay with us. This is the Soar the Spirit podcast. We'll be right back after this. Don't go away. Hi, everyone. This is JJ, the co-founder of Good Pods. If you haven't heard of it yet, Good Pods is like Goodreads or Instagram, but for podcasts. It's new, it's social, it's different, and it's growing really fast. There are more than 2 million podcasts, and we know that it is impossible to figure out what to listen to. On Good Pods, you follow your friends and podcasters to see what they like. That is the number one way to discover new shows and episodes. You can find Good Pods on the web or download the app. Happy listening! In the dark of the midnight, have I hofted my face, while the storm howls above me, and there's no hiding place. Mid the crash of the thunder, precious Lord, hear my cry, keep me safe, till the storm passes by, till the storm passes over till the thunder sounds no more till the clouds roll forever from the sky hold me fast let me stand in the hollow of thy hand keep me safe till the storm passes by Many times Satan whispers, there is no use to try, for there's no end of sorrow, there's no hope by and by. But I know thou art with me, and tomorrow I'll rise where the storm never darkens the sky. Till the storm passes over, till the thunder sounds no more, till the clouds roll forever from the sky. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. Hold me fast, let me stand in the hollow of thy hand. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. They say times are changing, so we should change too. Trade our old time religion for something new. Our faith is outdated, why live in the past? Well, my answer is simple, so if you ask, I 
still love to hear how God's love paid the cost. As passion was fastened by nails to a cross, I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me, I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. So I'll stay on the old path that brought us this far, that saved countless millions and reached hardened hearts. Although times are changing, and forever will There'll still be one Savior, one Calvary's hill I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost As passion was fastened by nails to a cross I still love the sound as the saints start to sing Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. I still love to hear how God's love paid the cost. His passion was fastened by nails to a cross. I still love the sound as the saints start to sing. Songs of the blood Jesus shed just for me. I still love an altar where broken ones pray. And find what is found in no other way. It may be old-fashioned, but it's real still. But it's real still. All right, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we're going through our prayer list here momentarily. Uh, looking over at the chat group, we got the usual uh, clown group <laughs> in the group here. Uh, let's see, uh, John's here, Jason's here, Kurt's here, I'm here. I think we're missing uh, Robert, right? Robert should be checking in anytime soon, so we're looking forward to uh, hearing from Robert. Um, all right, folks, let's see. Uh, we're going to get into our prayer list. Now, this is Thursday night, so we don't go into the prayer list in such great detail. Uh, the only portion of the prayer list that we actually get into detail with, with is the uh, salvation prayer requests. Uh, when we go down our sick list, there's one or two mentions that we're going to make, uh, ones that are really serious, um, in serious need. And then uh, we'll get through the rest of the list. And then after that, uh, we'll take a look and see if we have any uh, listener questions. I thought we had one. I don't know for sure. I'll have to double check. And then we'll take our second break of the night, get into the Bible study, and go on from there. Okay. All right, and I did that just for the sake of you who don't normally tune in. All righty, so prayer lists. Let's see. Uh, like I said earlier, salvation is probably the most important thing that you have to make a decision on. And on uh, this prayer list, uh, we have some very important people, uh, especially to me, 
Uh, first and foremost, we have my mom, Diane. Uh, she's on the prayer list. My mom needs to get saved. My sister, Laura, needs to get saved. Uh, my granddaughter, Carmela, needs to get saved. Uh, we have David in New York City. He needs to get saved. And we also have Fairman, who needs to get saved as well. Uh, Fairman is a friend of my, uh, I'm sorry, the father of my friend Alex, who we also prayed for not too, uh, not too long ago. If you remember, uh, that was an answered prayer. That was a real praise and a blessing for us because we hadn't heard from Alex in quite some time. And uh, we asked the Lord to just give an opportunity for it. And just like that, two days later, out of nowhere, Brother Alex called. And uh, we were able to have a great, t- great time of fellowship, a great conversation, and I'm glad to know that he's doing well. Uh, he's asked for prayers, and we'll touch on his prayer requests also as we get further down the list. But for the, uh, for the meantime, as far as salvation goes, we're praying for my mom, my sister, granddaughter, David, and Fairman. Salvation, like I said, folks, is the most important decision you have to make. It's not something that you should be putting off for any minute. There is absolutely no reason to put it off. So what are you waiting for? What are you holding off on? All it is is a step of faith. It's putting your trust and your faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary and the work of shedding his pure, perfect, sinless, precious blood. Acts chapter 20, verse 28 says that the blood that Jesus Christ shed on the cross wasn't man's blood. It was God's blood. His own blood. Why? Because our blood is tainted with sin. But God's blood is perfect and pure and holy. God's blood is what paid the price of your sin and mine. But you have to accept that free gift. Will you accept that gift? So we want to pray today for my mom, my sister, granddaughter, David, and Fairman. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much for the love, the mercy, the grace that you have poured out upon us through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the tremendous gift of salvation that you have wrought on the cross of Calvary. Father, we thank you that because of that that gift, because of that ultimate sacrifice that was made for us to once and for all, pay for the penalty of sin, which is death, that we now have access to the throne of grace. And and the Bible says we can approach the throne of grace boldly. And tonight, Father, we come before the throne of grace with boldness. And we ask you, Father, just to work in the hearts of of my mother, Diane, of Laura, Carmela, David, and Fairman, Lord, that you would just touch them. You would draw them to yourself. Lord, that you would just impress upon them the importance of the need of salvation. Father, that you would raise up some folks around them that can come and and speak to them about the Lord Jesus Christ and show them the plan of salvation through the Scriptures. Father, we thank you that you hear our prayers, and Father, we just thank you that you are merciful and just, and Father, we thank you you that we know that you would answer these prayers according to your perfect will, and we'll thank you, and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, going down the prayer list, uh, I'm going to read off some of the names to you, and then we'll just do a a prayer in general for them. All right, we're going to be praying for Pastor Martin. Pastor Martin is my pastor's pastor. Uh, For those of you new, his 
He's uh, struggling with some uh, eyesight problems, some blood pressure problems, some eczema problems. Pastor Martin is 89 years old, and he still has a heart to serve the Lord. Once a week, he still goes out and street preaches. That's right. He still goes out and street preaches. He stands on a street corner at 89 years old, giving out gospel tracts, talking to people about the Lord Jesus Christ. That's because salvation is real, folks. Like I said, every person you see walking down the street is a soul. And the cost and the worth and the value of a soul can't compare to our discomfort. We need to be out there, like Pastor Martin, doing those things. So we're going to pray for him. I'm going to pray for his health. We're also praying for my mom for her health issues. Uh, Laura with a slipped disc in her back, and we'll be going for an MRI shortly. Uh, we're also praying for Bernice. Bernice is a sister in our church, and she's been struggling with cancer for uh, quite some time now. So we're praying for her for her chemotherapy. We're praying for uh, uh, reduced side effects. We're praying for uh, 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 some good results from this uh, experimental vaccine that she's been working with. And uh, so we're going to pray for her. We're also praying for her mom. We're praying for uh, Bernard Maurer for recovering from his back surgery. We're praying for Alan, who's uh, battling prostate cancer, and he's scheduled for surgery in January, so a month, a month away. We're praying for Janae, who has uh, trouble with her heart, uh, so we're going to continue to pray for her. We're also praying for the Campbell family, who uh, is battling COVID. I think four out of the five members of the family have COVID right now. Uh, we're also praying for this man named Terry Begley. Uh, Terry Begley ran into a burning house and rescued a mother and a daughter, brought them out to safety, but he himself is now hospitalized with severe burns over his body. So we want to pray for Terry. Uh, we want to uh, just lift him up to the Lord for healing and uh, if he's not saved for salvation as well. Uh, we're praying for Fairman. Uh, he's in the hospital right now battling cancer. Uh, from uh, what uh, Alex told us, he has a fractured L2 vertebrae due to a tumor uh, that is uh, cancerous. So we're going to pray for him. Uh, we're also praying for Carl, uh, who's recovering from a hernia surgery uh, as well. And we are praying for uh, Kaylani. Kaylani is a member of our church, and she has a number of health issues that she is seeking prayer for. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you again, Lord, that you hear and answer prayer. And, Lord, we ask you, for those on our sick list today, Lord, we pray for them uh, specifically uh, for each one of their needs. Lord, we pray that you would just touch them. Lord, we know that the Bible tells us that you are the great physician. We believe that. We trust that. We ask you, Heavenly Father, uh, just to lay your hands upon them. For those that are going through uh, cancer treatments and other health issues that, requ that are requiring doctors' care and attention right now, Lord, we pray that you would just guide the hands of those physicians, Lord, that you would use them with the gifts that you've blessed them with to properly treat, uh, diagnose, and uh, and nurse these folks through, and we'll thank you for your touch on them and in their lives, Lord, and we'll thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're also praying for the Gonzalez family. Um, for those of you who haven't heard this yet, the Gonzalez family uh, lost their second child uh, to SIDS, that's Sudden Infant Death Syndrome. So we want to pray for the Gonzalez family for uh, for mercy. We want to pray for grace and uh, 
and that the Lord will provide comfort. We're praying for Jude, uh, who is my brother-in-law in his business up in New York City as a contractor. Uh, Robert, we're praying for Robert C. Robert is a National Guardsman. We pray for him every single week, uh, and we will continue to do so for as long as he asks. Uh, Robert is a National Guardsman. He's serving down here on the border, uh, and he's asked for prayer uh, as he witnesses and brings testimony to uh, a number of his fellow Guardsmen uh, for salvation. I don't have their names, but the Lord knows who they are, so we're going to pray that the Lord will answer that prayer. And also he's asking for prayer for the morale of his colleagues working along the border. Uh, Some of the things that these guys see on a daily basis are truly heartbreaking, terrifying in a lot of ways, and uh, they they need our prayers. Uh, As always, we pray for all of our Border Patrol agents, our National Guardsmen and law enforcement that are working down here along the border. We pray for our local, state, and uh, federal elected officials. Uh, We're praying for Angel tonight as well for her pregnancy. We're praying for Isabella for her walk with the Lord. Jessica is asking for prayer for, for a job opportunity that's being presented. Trevor is asking for prayer for his walk with the Lord. He wants to walk closer to him. Uh, Tony is requesting prayer for witnessing opportunities at his workplace, which is a great prayer request. Uh, George, uh, we're praying for George. Uh, He's a member of our church, and we're praying for his business. And we're praying for uh, Alex Herrera, also uh, another friend, who is uh, is, uh, asking for prayer for his job and financial situation. So, Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for uh, all of these on our prayer list here. Lord, we pray that you would just meet the needs that are presented here, Lord. We pray that you would just give each one an opportunity to serve in any way they possibly can, uh, particularly for those that are uh, asking for prayer for their walk with the Lord, for witnessing opportunities, uh, Lord, for um, job opportunities, uh, for their financial situations. We pray for the, those serving on the border here with us in Mexico, uh, the Border Patrol, National Guardsmen, uh, law enforcement, all of our state and local elected officials. Lord, we lift them all up to you. Uh, and we thank you, Lord, for the, for the work that they do. We thank you, Lord, for uh, protecting them and, Lord, for them protecting us. And we just pray that you would just keep a hedge of protection about them as they work in the field and uh, the jobs that you have given them and blessed them with. Father, we uh, thank you again for all the love and the mercy that you've shown us through this, and we'll praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. And then uh, rounding up our prayer list, we have all of the unspoken prayer requests. Those are the prayer requests of our heart that we don't, uh, we don't openly share what the exact need is, but we are confident that the Lord knows what those needs are. So we're going to pray tonight for Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, he has asked for a prayer for an unspoken prayer request. Uh, Dan, Jim Hall, uh, George, Jason, Mike Elizalde. Uh, we're praying for myself. We're also praying for my, my wife, Larissa. And uh, those are all for unspoken prayer requests. And uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer for that. Father, we come before you one more time, Lord, and we ask you just to uh, examine our hearts and these unspoken prayer requests that we have and we hold on to. Father, we just commit them to you and to your mercy. We ask you, Heavenly Father, just to answer those prayers according to your perfect will for our lives and help us, Lord, to accept whatever the answer is from those prayers, Lord. We know that you answer prayer in one of three ways. It's either yes, no, or not now. 
So, Father, we just pray that you would answer those prayers according to your will for us and our lives, for your grace, for your glory, and for the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, folks, just one more reminder. If you have any prayer requests whatsoever, please feel free to email it to us at info at com. You can also go onto our website, com, and fill out the uh, web form on the Contact Us section. All right. Uh, so we don't have any uh, listener questions that we're going to answer. I know I had one, and for the life of me, I can't find it. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. We don't have any. But uh, uh, if I find it, uh, we'll get to it on uh, Sunday afternoon in our Sunday afternoon service. All right. So uh, what we will do here is we're going to go and take our... Oh, actually, no. I do have something. Uh-huh. Okay. Andrew. Hopefully Andrew is listening. Uh, Andrew had let me know that his birthday is tomorrow on Friday, the uh, 2nd of December. And uh, so in keeping with our custom of wishing all of our listeners happy birthdays when we're made aware of them, Andrew, this is for you. Very happy birthday from the Store of the Spirit podcast. Happy birthday, Andrew. I hope you have uh, a really blessed day and your birthday tomorrow, and I hope that uh, hope that your family treats you really well for it. And God bless you, and I'm um, really thankful that you're here listening. And if you're in the chat room at all, if you're on Spreaker listening, uh, just uh, drop us a note. If you have an account, it would be great uh, to introduce you to the rest of the guys. All right, folks, um, chat room is open, like I said. The usual cast of characters is in there waiting, uh, waiting to pounce, so... No, I'm kidding. They're a great bunch of guys. So head on over. If you're on Spreaker, get into the chat room. Let's uh, let's have some interactions. And what we're going to do now is take our uh, take our next break, our second break of the evening. And what that'll do will give you a chance to go get your King James Bible, grab yourself a nice cup of coffee or maybe a bottle of water. Or if you're lucky enough to have one of these great Sword of the Spirit podcast coffee mugs, you can have some tea like I'm having right now. Mmm. Slurp that tea. Um, and then when we come back from this break, we're going to get into today's Bible study on 2 Timothy chapter number 2. And like I said, this is going to be a really, really good study. Uh, it's, it, it's very needed right now in very, very many ways. All right? So go grab your Bible, grab your coffee, bottle of water, tea, whatever it is that you need to help you through the study tonight, as long as it's not liquor. Um, we'll get into our study momentarily, all right? 
Thanks for listening, guys. We'll be right back. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I seek your guidance for the day. I find my thoughts unyielding. Confusion crowds my way. But then when I bow to you, the challenges you guide me through, your promises are ever new. I claim them for today. I still will find you there. Each new day's design is charted by your hand and graciously revealed as I seek your master plan. Keep my footsteps faithful you I go. Return me to the joy that your blessings can bestow. This book contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, and practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, 
the soldier's sword, and the Christian's character. Christ is its subject, our good its design, and the glory of God its end. It should fill the memory, rule the heart, and guide the feet. Read it slowly, frequently, and prayerfully. It is given to you in life, will be open in the judgment, and be remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility, rewards the greatest labor, and condemns all who trifle with its holy precepts. The King James Bible, God's Holy Book. All right, folks, welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. Uh, so for those of you that are new, uh, we before we get into the Bible study or the, the Sunday message that we have, uh, we make it a point to play that particular track, and there's a reason for that, because we believe in the inspired, preserved, perfect Word of God, the King James Bible. And we believe that to be our final authority. And that particular track, the, uh, the spoken word of it, uh, could not have summed that up more perfectly in my estimation. There might be other or differing opinions on that. But for me, that particular track helps me to focus on the task at hand in bringing the word of God. I feel at time. I feel especially uh, in very specific times that that track helps me get more into a spirit of prayer and contemplation over the Word of God and over the study we're doing, and uh, and that, that proper attitude of study as we get into the into the lesson for the night or the message on a Sunday. So uh, I hope you in, I hope you listen to that carefully, and I hope you're able to pull something out of that. And uh, I hope it's something that you'll hold close to your heart. It, the Word of God, the written Word of God, is a precious, precious thing. And we need to safeguard it. We need to, uh, we need to ingest it. We need to make it a living, viable part of our everyday. It is so important to be grounded in the Word of God. And things like that, for me at least help me to get there. All right. Well, folks, I'm glad everyone is here tonight. Um, again, for those that are on our prayer list, please remember those that we pray for tonight. Um, again, you know, we went through the short list uh, on, a th on our Thursday night, and uh, we go through the whole list on Sundays. And I'm telling you, the list, the list is growing. If you've been listening um, for any length of time to any one of our shows, uh, you'll notice that that list is growing and it's constantly changing. Just recently, I went back and listened to uh, some of the earlier episodes of the podcast when we were just doing recordings, and I don't encourage anyone to do it <laughs> because their the production quality is not quite um, the level of perfection that you have come to become used to. Um, but <laughs> I'll figure out the English language at some point today too. But um, and I th find it kind of funny that I'm getting tangled and tongue-tied on talking about the better quality production value. Anyway, um, and I noticed that in those early shows, we didn't have any prayer requests. We didn't have any prayer lists. 
or anything like that. It was very basic. And now here we are, 47 episodes into our run with the Sword of the Spirit podcast, and we have a four-page prayer list. And I think that's absolutely amazing, and it's a, it's a testament to, to the mercy and the grace of God that he would entrust folks to let us know what their needs are so that we may pray for them. I think that's great. Speaking of prayer, how about we get into a little prayer now before we get into our study. Father, would you help us this evening as we examine a very important passage of Scripture tonight? Give us, I pray, a heavenly insight and spiritual discernment and understanding that only, really, only your Holy Spirit can give us. Lord, we approach this book realizing that it's of divine writ. There's no way in the world that we can grasp a God-written book without you to help us. So, Lord, tonight we plead for your help, and we thank you for applying it to our minds and to our hearts. For it's in the name of the Lord Jesus I do pray. Amen. Amen. All right, well, if you have your Bible, uh, your King James Bible, you're going to need your King James Bible because... Um, all of the new modern perversions have altered the text so much that um, you're not going to get quite the same message out of it uh, as you would with your King James. So please have your King James Bible and uh, take that and open up to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, if you don't have a King James Bible, uh, you could, and you have your phone, you could very easily go to thekingsbible.com thekingsbible.com. Fantastic website and resource for anything related to King James study material and uh, and text. So uh, you can go there, or you can just listen on. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 2. Let me just get some, some of my tea here. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Now, we've been studying the five T's, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, and Titus. Now, in uh, 2nd Timothy chapter 2, let's go to verse 1. Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Jesus Christ, in Christ Jesus. Now, tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different. Usually, what we try to do uh, is we try to get through at least half a chapter, if not an entire chapter, in one study. But tonight, we're going to focus our attention on just one word, just one word, and we find that word in verse 1, the word grace. Grace. Grace is such a momentous word. It, it, it's such a powerful word that it deserves a lot of attention. So we're going to try to give it some of that attention tonight. Paul encouraged this young man in the ministry, Timothy, to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. He didn't tell Timothy to, to be weak in grace or be moderate in grace. He said, be strong in grace. But before we get too far with that, what we, did, what we need to do is understand that there are several different kinds of grace found in the Bible. But what is grace? What is it? Webster defines grace as the unmerited divine assistance given man for his regeneration or sanctification. Wow. 
Mr. Webster certainly knew that grace had a spiritual tone and application to it, didn't he? Grace. Grace. So tonight, we're going to talk about some of the different kinds of grace that you find in your Bible. Now, the first one that's worthy of mention and, and ought to be the, on the top of any list is saving grace. Saving grace. Now, when you got saved, and if you didn't, I want you to soon, very soon, perhaps before we're finished tonight, and it'll be a wonderful thing. But you see, salvation, Bible salvation, is an act of grace. It's an extension of God toward mankind. Now, a lot of people are under the false impression that somehow salvation is earned, all right, like you, like you earn credits, and that if they accumulate enough credits, then you know maybe they'll gain salvation. But that's not grace. That's not even close to grace. That's works. So let's run that out a little bit. Look with me over in Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 15. You know, millions of Americans have sung, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a what? A wretch like me. I was once, lo- I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. But you see, a huge percentage of the people that have sung that have never really studied and thought about or understood the real meaning of those words. To be saved by grace, you have to acknowledge that you're a wretch. You're a sinful wretch. You're no good. You you are just rotten to the core. And so am I. The Apostle Paul said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. So a, a confession to that is the first step to having grace administered to your heart and soul. Now, in Acts chapter 15 and verse 11, but we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, we shall be saved even as they. So what's happening in Acts chapter 15 is the apostles have come together to kind of sort out New Testament theology. What had been going on was um, uh, that Peter had been exclusively preaching to the Jews. Paul, who became the apostle to the Gentiles, gets saved over in Acts chapter 9. And so what they're trying to do is they're trying to figure out how much Judaism belongs in the New Testament gospel. Well, they come together and they have this great ecclesiastical meeting. And when they walk away from that meeting, they're all in unanimous agreement. It doesn't matter if it's Peter, if it's Paul, James, or John. They all agree to what we believe that through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved. So I want you to notice there's no works involved in that verse whatsoever. There's no baptism in that verse. There's no church membership in that verse. There's no uh, tithing in that verse. It's just pure grace. Go with me over to Ephesians chapter 2, please. Ephesians chapter number 2. Now, this is a very familiar verse. And if you haven't memorized this verse, you absolutely should. You should have it underlined in your Bible. You should know this verse. Because sooner or later, if you witness to people about the Lord, they're going to challenge you on this business of pure grace. 
And here's an, exa- here's an excellent place, an excellent example to divert their attention to. This is one of those verses that are, I mean, real, realistically, there are, it's so plain and so obvious. Uh, you can actually let them read the verse and then ask them, well, what's your interpretation of that? I mean, you really can't miss it. All right. Ephesians chapter two and verse eight. Ephesians chapter two and verse number eight. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Well, I don't know how much more it would take, you know, to uh, disqualify works for salvation. Right. I mean, works are a wonderful thing. Don't get me wrong. Works are an important thing and a thing that God rewards later at the judgment seat of Christ. But it has nothing to do with trusting Jesus Christ and knowing that you have eternal life, salvation. Let's look at one more. Go over to Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. Each one of these, each one of these points, uh, each one of these points of grace could, could be their own sermon. Really, they could. But we're just going to kind of run by them tonight, and maybe we'll we'll camp on one or two along the way. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of run through these. All right, Titus chapter two and verse eleven: For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Now I can't totally explain that verse. You're like, what? <laughs> I understand the great the grace part. I'm not sure how the grace of God appeared to all men. But God says it has. Perhaps the grace manifests itself by uh, people realizing that uh, through God working through their conscience, that they're sinners. Amen? And then when we acknowledge that, sooner or later, you've got to come to the position that, you know, I need God's grace. I'm desperate for God's grace. Well, grace and truth are twin brothers. They go hand in hand. Look back over in John chapter 1. John chapter 1 and verse number 14. Grace and truth go hand in hand. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word, now the Word was defined back in verse 1 as God, is it not? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, and the Word was God. And the Word, notice Word is capitalized in the verse. The W is capitalized. And the Word was made flesh. How was the Word made flesh? The Word became Jesus Christ in the flesh. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness have all we received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Do you know why you got the truth? Do you, do you know why God labored to make sure you had the truth in written form, that you could actually lay it out in front of you and you could read it? I'll tell you why God gave you the truth and gave me the truth. Grace. We got truth because of God's grace. And I am so glad that I got the truth. I am so glad that I could look through the prism of truth at the world around me. You know, I'm, I'm a political junkie. 
If you listen to the opening portion of the show, you got kind of got a picture of that. I'm a political junkie. I, I, those of you who know me well, know me well. When I'm looking at world events and I hear all the commentators on like Fox News and podcasts and whatever else, I, I actually feel sorry for a lot of these folks. Because the only prism or microscope that they have to evaluate current events is through their own experience, their own feelings, their own philosophy, or their own thoughts. And do you know where those things end up? They end up on a dead-end cul-de-sac. We, we have, because of God's grace, the opportunity to look at it through an entirely different microscope, the microscope of truth. So I find that to be an incredible and an enormous blessing. So Paul admonished young Timothy to be strong in grace. You know, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So it's a growing thing. It's a developing thing. All right, so there's saving grace. Much, much, much can be said about that. An entire lesson could be built on that on itself. But there are several other types of grace I'd like for us to examine tonight. One is changed life grace. Changed life grace. So you have saving grace, and then you have changed life grace. Many of you listening can give a testimony of when you entertained and received the grace of God through salvation, that it changed your life. There's something about God's grace enabling you to do things that you cannot conjure up by your own will. You know, how many people make New Year's resolutions every year, right? And how many of those are really kept? You know, did you write yours on the refrigerator door? (laughs) You know, you know what I'm talking about. Grace can make a big difference. Not only does the grace of God save, but it also changes lives. 180 degrees, it changes lives. That's one, of the, that's one of the incredible satisfactions that come from the ministry. You know, I've seen over the 23 years that I've been saved and served the Lord in whatever capacity the Lord had me served in, I have seen so many lives radically changed and turned around that I knew couldn't be accomplished by any other vehicle except the grace of God. Look over in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. Grace is a gift that cannot be earned. It's not deserved. It's a gift. Now, in Acts chapter 11, you know, there's some good things going on out there in Gentile land. Up to this point, the gospel had been centered around Jerusalem. All right? The apostles are there. Thousands of people are coming to the Lord. They're being baptized. They're being added to the church. There's a lot of excitement going on in the early chapters of the book of Acts. And I'm telling you, you need to read the book of Acts. If you haven't spent time reading the book of Acts, you want to talk about exciting? It's fast-paced. It moves. It's, it's just one thing after another. If you, you, if you haven't read the book of Acts, you should read it. It's an exciting book, especially the early chapters. So tremendous things are taking place, and the church is growing exponentially and, and, and um, uh, phenomenally. It's growing. Then God says, you know, we need to spread this thing out a little bit. So let's look over in verse 9, chapter 11, verse 9 of the book of Acts. Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phenice 
and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but unto the Jews only. So God sent a little persecution just to get them scattered. He said, you can't just stay here and have this have a perpetual you know, pep rally, folks, okay? You can't do that. You've got to get out there, and you've got to get the gospel out. So off they go because of the persecution. I'm not trying to minimize it. Don't, don't misunderstand. Uh, but they're still hung up on just preaching to Jews. You know, they haven't gotten to Acts 15 yet where they figure out that, that this is a Gentile message as well as a Jewish message, message. Thank God for that. Thank God for that because I'm a Gentile. You're a Gentile probably. All right, verse 20. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, were, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. So here's a few Gentiles, you know, creeping around the edges, you know, and they're listening to the gospel and they're saying, wow, you know, this kind of makes sense. And verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came, had seen the grace of God was glad and exhorted them all with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. So they cleaved unto the Lord. You know what that's a representative of? Changed lives. Changed lives. And what activated those changed lives? Grace. Grace. And so at Antioch, verse 26, and when he had found, and when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. So that, that is that Barnabas brought Paul to Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. They weren't called Christians first in Jerusalem, folks. They were called Christian first up in Gentile zone. You know, the word Christian only appears three times in your Bible. That's it. That's all it is, and I'll let you look up the other, the other two, but this is the first one. They're called Christians. Why are they called Christians? You know, they didn't call themselves Christians. It's their adversaries that are putting that label on them. And what does that label indicate? Christian, Christ-like. Man, that's a change. That's a real change. Grace activates changed lives. And I hope that a lot of you listening could testify to that. A lot of you can lend testimony to that. You know, God changed your life, and it came because of his overpowering grace. Well, then there's great task grace. Great task grace. So there have been a lot of occasions when, when persons were given a very specific task. You know, God laid on their heart to do something very specific. And at times, those things seem to, um, to really border on the impossible, right? So the first one that came to my mind was back in Noah's day. Look with me over in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then the Lord proceeds to tell Noah what he wants him to do. Now, if the Lord had come to me and said, here's a boat I want you to build, and here are the dimensions of it, I'm 
I'm, a, I'm afraid that I probably would have said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not doing that. The Bible tells us that Noah was involved in this project for 120 years. Folks, I, I cannot imagine doing that for 120 years. I can't. But that's not all. Noah didn't only have to build that monstrosity, but he had to do something else for 120 years. Do you know what he had to do? The Bible says that he was a preacher of righteousness. He was a preacher of righteousness. For 120 years, he preached a message that was rejected. I mean, no one, no one except for Noah's family received his message. You want to talk about discouraging. What a calling, man. What a thing, right? I am so grateful to God that at least a few people have received the message I preached over the years, the gospel. What sustained Noah during 120 years of abject, utter rejection, a building program that seemed beyond possible, what sustained him? Grace. Grace. Look over in Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. So the idea of the thing is this. If God calls you to do something, he'll provide the grace for you to do it. I'm just thankful that God hasn't called me to do any great big deal. You know, I'm, I'm glad for the little deals. I'm thankful for the little ones. Acts chapter 4 and verse 33. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Now, the apostles at this point are also preaching in the face of adversity. There's a lot of people within the ranks of, of their own brethren, you know, Judaism in this case, that were resisting the message, you know, didn't like the message, and, and they were even threatening to kill them and would. They would have killed them if they were able to. But what's sustaining these people for this great task? What is it? It's grace. Grace. Great task grace. Well, then there's also giving grace. Giving grace. I know someone's out there thinking, oh, here he goes. On about the money again. The truth of the matter is that God expects Christians, more of Christians, I should say, than, than, than his carnal nature would allow. When the Lord starts talking about giving, people say, well, I can't do that. Ask God for grace. If he, if he could provide saving grace and change life grace and great task grace, why can't he provide giving grace? Well, quite certainly he can. He can. You know, at the start of every show, I ask you to pray about giving, don't I? I'm asking you to, to pray for God to give you giving grace. I'm asking that God open your heart to giving to this ministry. It's not for me. It's for reaching the lost. Every penny that comes in goes out, whether it's to pay fees to keep us on the air or to buy literature to give out or, or, or to give to, to, to a mission like we're planning to do. We're doing it to reach the lost. 
It's not for me or for us as believers. It's for them out there. You know, we used to do a thing in the church that I was part of years ago, and, and all our pastor was trying to do back then was to show and tell uh, and illustrate grace. We would routinely have missions conferences uh, once a year, and they were fairly decent-sized. Uh, we had a big missions banquet and uh, one time, and for a few months before that, our pastor uh, challenged us this way. He said, I want you to pray and ask God to give you something you weren't expecting, you know, not part of your regular income. Just ask God to give you something you're not expecting. Then promise the Lord that whatever that is, that you'll give it to missions. Well, the first year that we did that, we had a couple of good testimonies. You know, the Lord did this, the Lord did that. The second year, it developed a little bit more momentum. The third year, the thing started to develop its, a life of its own. I mean, you'd hear the wildest stories. You know, people said, you know, I was really praying, and, and I was walking across the parking lot at the mall, and there was a $100 bill laying there. I mean, have you ever found a $100 bill in the parking lot in the mall? I'll tell you, though, the real killer was one time a man came in, and, and he said that, uh, uh, and he was a relatively new Christian, uh, and he'd only been saved for maybe a year or two at, at the time, at the most. And he came to the church office to see the pastor. I was there. And he said, you know, you challenged us to pray and ask God for something you weren't expecting. The pastor said, yes, I did. And he said, uh, and you said, whatever it was, we were going to give it to missions, right? The pastor said, yes, I did. And he said, well, I thought I'd better not wait till Sunday. I wanted to come and give it to you now before I change my mind. He never explained where he got it. Nobody asked. I don't think anybody even wanted to know. But it was a $10,000 check. And the pastor asked him, he goes, you aren't expecting this? And the man said, no. It came clear out of the blue. The pastor said, and you've been praying about this every day. But he said, the guy had it right. He said, I decided I'd better give it because I'm excited to find out what God is going to do with it. Don't shut the door. Don't shut the door. There's giving grace. And there's much that can be said about that as well. Look over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. You know, I'm big on missions. If you haven't figured that out yet, I, I believe with all of my heart, even though, uh, even though America has hardened its heart to the gospel, you know, not everywhere has. And if we... And if we can make an investment in some of those places, then we need to be doing it. That's the whole point of the Missionary of the Month that I was talking about earlier. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Now, if you read the chapter... It's all about giving. And remember, I mentioned this to you before. A text without a context is a pretext. Read the chapter. Read the chapter. Now, that's not all. There's maybe, um, there's maybe three or four more kinds of grace that we need to very quickly observe. But before we do that, we're going to stop right here. Well, you know what? Let's do one more. Let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. 
All right. Uh, so there's also what we call gifts. Okay. Look with me over in Ephesians chapter four. Ephesians chapter four. When God distributed a dose of grace, I think we could say he did a good job, right? He sprinkled it heavy in all kinds of arenas and areas. Now, here in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 7, But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And then he goes down here, and, and just as an example, this, this isn't a total list, but uh, it's an example of some of the gifts he passed out. He passes out, right? Verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Well, what are those gifts for? Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, the Lord may very well have given you a gift. And in all probability, he has. Now, just don't go crazy on this thing, okay? There are some folks that tend to go overboard with trying to find out what their gift is. But in the 23 years I've been saved, I have never once come across a Christian that said, my gift is cleaning toilets. I've never heard anybody say that. My gift is pushing a broom. You know, my, my gift is sitting in the nursery. You know, it's, it's always a gift that kind of exalted them. Is that really a gift? A gift of pride? That really isn't a gift at all. That's a curse, right? Amen. That's a curse. So don't lose your mind with this thing. But on the other hand, I believe that God gives something to every believer. And that something is an aid or a help in propagating and advancing the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, I, I watch a lot of the folks at church before and after the service, and they're all standing around chatting with each other. And, you know, maybe that's something you do in your church also, and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I am guilty of it myself. You know, I, I, I love to chit-chat after church. Uh, but, but you know what you got? You got the gift of gab, <laughs> okay? You got the gift of gab. Wonderful. Praise the Lord for it. But use it for the Lord, right? Use it for Jesus Christ. Use it for advancing the gospel, Back in the church, I was ba in, back in New York, um, we had a brother in the church. His name was Brother Joe, Joe Abella. And uh, Joe had the gift of gab. He really did. He, we, you could be walking down the street with Joe, and he'll just stop, turn around, get somebody's attention, and just stand there and talk to them and eventually lead them into a, into a presentation of the gospel. He had the gift of gab. And he was using it for Jesus Christ. He was using it to advance the gospel. You know, some people are shy. You know, uh, some, some people are timid. They're reserved. They're withdrawn. You know, it's hard for them to open their mouth about anything. But on the other hand, if you can open your mouth about fishing or hunting or shooting or crafts or cookies, then you can probably open your mouth for Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? Wouldn't you agree? Sure you could. It's just getting on his page. That's all. It is a gift. If you could just visit with people and communicate with people and warm them up and tell them a little bit about the Lord, it's a gift. There's all kinds of gifts out there that can be used in the kingdom of God, used for the Lord Jesus Christ. He endows people with certain special talents. 
that are labeled as acts of grace. You know, in, in the church I'm, I'm a member of, we have some people that are truly gifted cooks. I've been in churches where some of the people were, were gifted musically. You know, I love that. I really do. I, I wish I had that. <laughs> I, I definitely don't. I'll tell you real talent, which, which is a gift as far as I'm concerned. It's just an absolute 100% gift. And that is working with children. Man, I absolutely do not have that gift. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, line them up, tie them up, stuff a cookie in their mouth once in a while. You know, I'm just not gifted there. Okay, I'm not. I just wouldn't know what to do. But, but boy, man, I'm telling you, I've seen people that are. I've seen people that are, and it's an amazing gift. I'm sure that you have some gift that you could use for the Lord's work. You can identify it and ask the Lord to embellish that with grace and make it grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Some people, you know, they never think of whatever gift they have as something that the Lord could use. But why not? You know, some people like to fish. Well, how about inviting some others on one of your fishing trips and share your expertise, your knowledge, your fellowship, and so on, so that gift can be utilized for the Lord? How about that? Well, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to think about that while we're going to take our last break for the night, and then we'll come back and we'll start to tie all this up. This is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. My name is Joe Russiello. Thank you for uh, taking the time so far to listen in with us. If you're uh, on the Spreaker app, wanted to jump on into the chat room. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share it with your friends, your family, and your followers. And we'll be right back right after this. Stay with us.
right. Welcome back to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. This is Joe Russiello, and uh, we are studying 2 Timothy chapter number 2, and uh, we are stuck in one verse tonight. We're talking in one word of one verse. We're talking about a very important word, the word grace. And we've looked at many different types of grace so far. We have a few more to go through uh, for this. Uh, Coming up here, though, we're going to be getting into... um, protection grace. But before we do, why don't you head on over to our chat group on the Spreaker app. Uh, look forward to seeing some fresh blood in there. Uh, we've got a little group going on. We've got Brother Kurt's here, John's here, Jason, myself. I think Robert's in the group well now too. But, we, um, but we've been getting into this. We've been getting into this uh, discussion of grace and uh, we're talking about some gifts as well. Brother Kurt made a comment that uh, you know, that uh, working with kids is a real gift as a former youth pastor. Um, and he said he never really felt good at it. But you know something? Um, I've taught children's church, not serving as a youth pastor or anything. And children's church, uh, I think it was a six-year-old or a seven-year-old group that I was doing. And, yeah, you have to have you – ha- it's, a, it's a gift, <laughs> which I did not have. So I understand, Brother Kurt, where you're coming from on that one. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so protection grace. So there's protection grace. You know, the very fact that you're alive and breathing is because God has protected you. Now, you might not think of it that way, but it's absolutely true. I'd like you to take your Bibles and turn with me over to Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter number 31. All right, Jeremiah chapter 31, and look at verse 2. Now, if you really understand the context of this chapter... It has to do with the restoration of Israel at the second advent of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, that's what this is all talking about. Uh, now, regardless of what you think about the politics of the day, the thing, the thing is ultimately going to be reversed to where anti-Semitism isn't going to be diminished and it's going to continue to grow. That's Bible prophecy. It's going to grow. Uh, that doesn't mean that we endorse it or like it, but it's going to happen. So Israel is going to discover during the tribulation period that they're surrounded by enemies. And there's only one thing that's going to save them, and that's God's protection. And that's called grace. Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 2. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. So what happened in the past is going to be repeated in the future. All right, here comes Pharaoh and and the Egyptians to annihilate Israel. What saved them? God's grace. The protection that's around your family, that's that's around your life, that's around my life, my family, is just grace. God's protection. God's protection. There's another one, as I hurry on. Uh, Go over to 2 Corinthians and chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. You know, when I was putting this together, I realized this is more like uh, three, uh, three messages that I'm trying to pile into one. Uh, but 2 Corinthians chapter 12, right? Is that what I said? Yes. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. You know, actually, maybe I should just back up and just explain just a little bit. So the, the Apostle Paul is talking about a problem that he has. He doesn't actually define what it is. It, it probably, uh, it was probably a physical difficulty. But uh, verse seven, 
2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So this is suffering grace. Suffering grace. Paul is suffering. There are, there are a lot of Bible scholars and, and Bible students that have estimated or tried to figure out that what Paul is praying for, and they determine that he's praying about his poor eyesight. So, uh, and there are some companion passages that seem to kind of agree with that. Um, I can't teach it as an absolute doctrine, but that's the most probable possibility that he was suffering from poor eyesight. And that may have been, that may have been because of that uh, blinding light that he encountered on the road to Damascus at his conversion, and he never completely recovered from it. And he prays three times. He asked the Lord, how about fixing me up? And the Lord said, I'm not going to do it. Nope. God doesn't always say yes to all your prayers. And you know, like I said earlier, there's only three answers to prayer. It's yes, no, or not now. That's all there is. It says it. That's it. Yes, no, not now. Paul didn't get a yes on this particular deal. Uh, he said, Lord, I prayed for this three times, and Lord, you didn't really respond. Now, I've known people that have gotten bitter at God because he didn't get, always give them a yes. But let me ask you this. What kind of parent is a parent that always says yes? It's, if you said a bad parent, then you're right. As a parent, you have to learn to say no. Is God a good parent? Our Father, which art in heaven? Does he qualify as, as, as pretty good? I think so. All right, so sometimes the Lord says no. For whatever reason, on this occasion, the Lord says no to Paul. He said, but here's what you're going to learn. My grace is sufficient for you. So you're going to learn to glory in infirmities, not the great revelations that I gave you. That's suffering grace. You know, in all the years that I've been saved and served in a ministry of some type, I've sat with people who have suffered all kinds of burdens physical ailments, emotional distresses, heartaches, heartaches, difficulties. You know, people that have lost a child, people that have lost a spouse, people that have been agonizing through circumstances. I stood at the head of caskets. That's tough. That's tough duty. And so... What consolation can we give people like that? God's grace. God's grace. And listen, I'm preaching to myself here. Now, we have a tendency to get upset with the Lord because, you know, what we're really, what we're really telling the Lord? We're telling him that we want heaven here. Well, heaven ain't here. And it isn't either. So there's suffering grace. Now you may be saying, I haven't experienced it. That's because you haven't suffered enough. 
you know, you'll experience suffering grace if you, if you ask for it when you're suffering enough. God will say, okay, I'll give you grace. And then there's the last one. One last one. Go over to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, and we're going to go to verse number 9. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. Grace. Dying grace. Dying grace. I have a book in my library. It's not a big book, but it's big enough. And uh, it, it's, full of the, it's full of the last dying words of atheists. Honestly, can't find one that's pleasant. Can't find one word that's reassuring or hopeful. Now, by contrast, the other half of the book is dying words of Christians. Wow, it's a contrast. You want to talk about darkness and light? What a contrast. When D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, was dying, his family was sitting around him in his bed, and he, he looked heavenward, and he said, I see the children at the gates. I hear their singing. I'm so anxious to be there. Conversely, a well-known atheist who, um, what was his name? Oh, my. His name just slipped out of my head. It'll come back. He said, all I see is hell. Tell them we lied. Now, I've sat with believers that were, that were dying, anticipating death. And you can just almost visibly identify the grace that was coming into their heart and soul as they were passing away. Dying grace. It's a wonderful thing. You say, well, I don't think I have that. Well, no, because you don't need it right now. God doesn't give you dying grace until you're dying. Are you with me? But when that time comes, if you ask the Lord for it, he'll give it to you. He'll give it to you. So how do we receive grace? It's a good question. How do we receive grace? James chapter 4. You're in Hebrews. Go over one book to the right, and you're there. James chapter 4. Now, I have three verses in my outline in front of me. We're just going to look at one of them, okay? James chapter 4 and verse 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. So do you know who gets grace? Humble people. Humble people. Now, a humble person acknowledges that he can't do it himself and that he needs God. That's humble. Lord, I can't do this, but I know that you can help me. I need your grace. So humble yourself. Humble yourself. And secondly, as we've already identified in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you pray about it. Do you know what Paul was doing about his particular situation? whether it was his eyesight or whatever it was, he prayed. He prayed. Now, the Lord didn't respond affirmatively to his prayer, 
but he did give him grace to get through it, to endure it, to get through it. Sometimes that's what that's what God's going to give, just grace, man, just grace, strength, comfort. And then finally go over to Hebrews chapter 12. I know I said one more, but I got one more. Finally, chapter 12. Realize what grace is for. Like the miracles of Jesus. If you, stu- if you studied the miracles of Jesus, he didn't just wander around willy-nilly performing carnival acts. Every miracle Jesus performed had a purpose behind it. There was an intent behind it. There was a reason behind it. He wasn't just trying to put on a sideshow to entertain people. There was something there that needed to demonstrate a great, deep, um, mighty spiritual truth in every single one of his miracles. So there's a similarity between that and grace, right? God just doesn't arbitrarily just sprinkle twinkle dust around here and there. You know, here's a dose of grace. Hope you get some. Doesn't work that way. God gives grace for the purpose of service. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Okay, so what's the purpose of God giving us grace? That we may serve. That we may serve. Why should God give you grace if you don't intend to do anything with it? Can you answer that question? Why should God give you grace if you don't intend to do anything with it? If you don't intend to do anything with it, why would God bother himself with giving it to you? Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, our last verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And verse 1. We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Don't receive the grace of God in vain. In other words, there's an intended purpose for the grace that God distributes. So as we receive grace, let's make sure that we utilize it for the benefit of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And that, my friends, brings us to the end of our study of grace in 2 Timothy chapter 2. So, folks, this is the Sword of the Spirit podcast. I want to say thank you to everybody that's listening tonight. Thank you for those of you in the chat room. Thank you for all the questions and the comments. And we had some good comments in the chat group. A couple of questions came through uh, by email and by messenger. And we're going to take a look at those a little bit later on. uh, And we'll get some answers to those and we'll post them up uh, on the next show. But, folks, thank you again so much for tuning in. I hope this was a real blessing to you. Head on over to the Sword of the Spirit podcast.com and fire us off a message on the, on the uh, contact form. Look for the support this podcast button and contribute if you can. It would be a real blessing. And then, last but not least, pray for us. Pray for this ministry and win the lost at any cost. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you Sunday. God bless you. Take care. You've been listening to the Sword of the Spirit podcast. If you have any questions or comments, visit our website at swordofthespiritpodcast.com and send us a message. 
or email us directly at info at swordofthespiritpodcast.com. Until next time, God bless you and good day.